Welcome to Nowhere Left Behind. I'm fucking on here with a fucking toddler, I guess. I don't know how <laughs> else to describe Frank. Um, Frank and Austin, and we are greeted. We're, we're joined today by our wonderful guest, longtime friend. Newest co-host. Yeah, newest co-host <laughs> with a fresh mic straight from the, the bowels of Frank. We're joined by Derek. Derek, oh. Welcome. Oh. That's for sure. That did not come from my bowels. Okay, the bowels of Frank. It's a much higher level, Mike, than the bowels of what I could produce. Okay. Uh, well, th- thank you for having me on. Uh, so it's it's good to catch up with you guys. Yeah, yeah. you've uh, you've been elusive for quite some time now. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've been I've been on the West Coast. So uh, I was in Oregon, uh, going to Oregon State for my master's degree. And then uh, I went to Thailand for five months so I could avoid getting a job between my master's and PhD. Sounds like a good move. Yeah, yeah. I just didn't want to get some stupid job. Um, and then uh, I'm at Davis now uh, working on my PhD. That's good. Food science. So. Uh, you're going for your doctorate. That's good. That's good. Frank, what have yeah. you done with your life? That's what I thought. I, I, uh, right. He's, he's I, made money because I haven't. Oh, okay. I, uh, I sanded a table this weekend. I don't know what that counts for. In the it doesn't long the long marathon that is life. I don't know like what well, that actually accounts for, but as long at the end of your me, life they can lay you out on that table. Ryan, let me tell you, I've done some CrossFit workouts uh-huh. that don't match when sanding they, a fucking t- a fucking table by hand. Okay? Your, your like, wad today was can hand sanding the table. It, it was like I was doing Murph on the table. Oh, oh it's no, just not like dirty. Non stop. Absolutely dirty, dude. Like you're sitting there and you're like, and I got to keep going. Right. It's like, think about giving something a hand job for 10 hours. That's sanding oh, a table. Okay? Didn't you? Didn't you? My hand. Didn't you? It's and, absolutely. You and Parker like, had a foundation set up for this down in Austin. Like it, yeah. Well, for the homeless. Yes. And it was voluntary and it was very much swap in, swap out. There was no continuous swamp in, swamp like, out. Yeah. It was. It was good. Hours and hours. I will tell you the hand jobs for the homeless campaign has hit a bit of a legal (laughs) bump in the road, (laughs) but it has not died yet. Okay. Mm -hmm. We are going, we will take this to the Supreme court if need be. I think that's Um, a bad place to take this. Honestly, it is everybody's right to a hand job, Brian, (laughs) irrespective of where it might happen. Um, Uh, It is your right. God given. Liberty and justice for all. That's how I end my argument every time in front of every judge. <laughs> no matter um, what the no matter yeah. what the context. <laughs> Liberty and justice for all, Your Honor. <laughs> Hand jobs for everyone. This is about a parking ticket, um, Mr. Frank. Let me tell you, I have the right to park wherever I damn well please. Liberty and justice for all. And then it, it works. I'm just telling you, like, end every argument with liberty and justice for all. Your life will change. Um, it will be very impactful, uh, especially in the, in the office when you're like, you know, 
I see your point, but I'm going to put this in PowerPoint and not Word. So help me God and liberty and justice for all. That you would, you're a fucking terrible coworker. I would hate working with you. <laughs> but it, it is, it's irrefutable, right? Um, Who's going to argue with liberty or justice or God? No one. It's, so what do I got? I got the, I got the trifecta. We like you know how they got the Trinity in Christianity. This is the political Trinity. Okay, so you can't fuck with this shit. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's untouchable. I'm it glad is. I'm glad that you've broken that down for everyone, whatever that might be. So you're drinking something out of a Glencairn glass. Let me just tell you that was groundbreaking research. Okay. Uh, I do not have a PhD, nor no. am I progressing towards it. Clearly. But in my own head, I'm working towards a thesis paper that will be published when I am 95. That's a terrifying place to be in your head. Yeah. It is or it isn't, right? Like, if no, you keep it, it in book, it's pretty nope. comforting, actually. You're like, then. Yeah. Okay. All right. So now that that has been said, let's go around. What are you drinking? What are you drinking? Have you ever had something called a tawny port, Brian? I have. Yeah. I do I do quite enjoy a good tawny port. Yeah, so I'm having a tawny port. I'm not drinking that tonight. I'm actually drinking What okay. So you're drinking a tawny port. Yeah, that's what I've got in the uh what's it, Glen Caring? Is that what you call this? Yeah, yeah, you have a Glenfiddich Glen Caring glass. Oh. Congratulations. Yeah. Got a deer on it. That's the Glenfiddich part. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Um yeah, they're good. Uh, I, I don't really know that I understand why the flute has to be so tulip-shaped. Well, it's to trap the alcohol on the sides of the bulb. Brian, Brian, Brian just let a man think about it first, okay? God damn it. Well, I also just, don't know why you're drinking a port out of a fucking scotch glass. You know why? Why? Moderation, my friend. Moderation. At the end of the day, they always say consume in moderation. And I go, okay. The glass needs to be smaller, not the glass needs to be a certain shape for an alcohol. It's just smaller glass. That's it. Okay. That's moderation, my friend. That's one way of thinking about it, I, I, I guess. It is a way. Absolutely. Oh, Jesus Christ. Derek, what are you drinking this evening on your uh, on this, your virgin voyage into No Beer Left Behind? Derek, your mic's muted. Derek is muted. He's either muted himself. <laughs> he's looking. Is it going to be Hangouts or it's going to be the mic? I'm going to send it to Hangouts. Derek, yeah, that's the mic. It's the mic. Okay. He's... No, we can't hear you yet. No. Just keep talking. Yeah. Uh, no, no, now the mic's uh, muted. There we go. Did it come no, unplugged? So what I find is sometimes plug the mic out it like unplug it and then plug it back in because my my whatever yeti microphone does that as well is yeti tumbler microphone Yo. yeah hey, there, oh, there it is all right okay yeah. okay, cool. yeah. okay yeah. so i've got like a local beer uh from sudworks brewing gunrock and it is just like a american lager Ooh, mm. exotic yeah, pr- pretty like non-tasteful and Nondescript, uh, like, like it's like four point five percent and about fifteen IBU. So okay, it's so, just it's wet. Is there anything wrong with it? Uh, the reason I asked uh, that is those American. No, I'm not getting any, like off flavors or anything. So okay, well that's it's, good. It's done done well. It's it's summertime beer. That's good. It's pretty good. Uh, pretty good declaration for that little brewery. 
that they've made a good clean lager. Yeah, so those Derek, are harder to make. Up in your area, right? You guys yeah. have you're like in brewing capital West Coast. And uh, yeah, I mean right, like in the Washington, Oregon area, you guys have a shit ton of breweries. Oh yeah, in, yeah, yeah. Oregon for sure. Yeah. So when when you're looking at beer back when you were at Oregon State, what was your go to brewery up there that no one talks about? Uh at Oregon State, uh let's see. That no one talks about? Well, there's a, there's a beer called Sticky Hands. Like, if you were going to go and, like, man, I want to get this beer, uh, Sticky Hands by Block 15. Ooh. And it's it's a, it's a big IPA, but, like, it, it gets sold out in, in places in Portland. They can't keep it on the shelf. Oh, shit. So, West uh, Coast yeah, if you're in that area, uh, particularly if you're in Corvallis, that's where the brewery's at, Sticky Hands. Um, another cool thing, if you like cider, uh, Two Towns. So they make like fantastic cider, uh, and they're they're expanding quite a bit too. So I can even get it in California. So maybe I'll really? get Texas at some point. Derek, yeah. you brought you brought down some uh, two towns when you came to visit years ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the, I think you liked it. It was a long I time ago. Fucking so. loved it to the point mm-hmm. where um, our boy Troy went up to Oregon not too long ago and wanted some suggestions on uh, beers and ciders to drink and i suggested okay. two towns i think the bad apple that's their like nine yeah, percent yeah. cider a uh, ten and a half there you go that that little guy that yeah was they the made, made with honey and they, they they get that guy up to like ten and a half percent good god uh, yeah if you just like press press apples normally you can only get to like six six percent for your fermentation so alcohol by so so question on the the whole cider process, right? Okay. So if they get to 10 and a half and I had the, I don't know if I would call it the honor, but I tasted mead mm-hmm. and okay. does it get to the mead level of funkiness when you do that with cider? Mead. I mean, that's, that's just going to depend how it's made. Yeah. Mead uh, shouldn't be funky. So if you're buying like a, like a very commercial cider, that's probably made from like apple concentrate. Okay, and I mean, I don't really enjoy those that much. Uh, no. But stuff from like fresh juice or that's been like frozen concentrated, it's it's a lot better. Um, it just depends, man. They they do like wild ciders. Mm. I'm not a, not a fan of those. Tastes like olives to me. Oh wow, that yeah. sounds unbelievably disgusting. Yeah. Um, no, so I I went to Georgia. Uh, well. I did go to Georgia at some point. This is not actually where the story was going. I went to Charleston. That's in South Carolina. God damn it. But the devil did go to Georgia one time. No. So I went to a a, a meadery that. Okay. And the story actually does come back to Georgia. I wasn't in Georgia tasting the meadery, but um, it, it was a Savannah, Georgia honey producer that made mead in Savannah that was available in, in Charleston. And I'll tell you, mead is interesting. It's not, it's not fantastic in my opinion. What was the percentage on the mead? Yeah. They were anywhere from like six to 15%. It depended. So there, there were like seven different meads that they had us taste. 
Derek, didn't you actually produce a mead for a uh, national homebrew conference a couple years ago? Yeah, we've made mead before. Uh, when I was, you have to let it age a long time for it to not be super harsh. That's just what I found in my experience. I could imagine because all this stuff tasted like straight up ethanol. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know. So, um, yeah, it, it took like we we let it sit for months and months and months and it, we eventually like found one we forgot we had and we didn't drink it and it was like a year old and it was fantastic so yeah. it's kind of like uh wine or even even if you make homemade cider it it, it helps to let it sit for a while before you uh drink it so. also make- i just want to point this out not all meat is bad but it is really easy yeah. to make bad meat yeah. a hell of a lot of meat is bad man like so they, the there's a there's a meadery out of Vermont or New Hampshire, one of the two. It's called Moonlight. Maybe out of Delaware. Fuck, I don't know. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so it's New England. Yeah, New England yeah. area. One of those twenty states. It was. Uh, it's, it's called Moonlight Meadery, oh, and awesome. they they make fantastic mead. It is pretty fucking expensive, but it is great mead. Um. And once you taste it, it is more like a, it's almost more like a spirit. It's not, not approachable by everyone, uh, but it's, it's good. You can taste an actual quality compared to some of the shittier commercial versions of mead. Like, uh, whoever, whoever's that blue bottle with a yellow label, any of the real home, any of the real beer nerds who've seen that shit at their local, local beer store know exactly what I'm talking about. It sucks. It is not good. (laughs) So, so here I've had oh go ahead sorry D- Derek to the distilling expert here if I am going to be making mead can I just start with honey like any uh I mean the honey the type of honey you use will impact the flavor um, yeah so is is the important substrate honey though like do I start with honey do I start with the um like do I need a honeycomb like, uh, I mean just honey but yeah if you could get it get it from like a our homebrew shop in corvallis they had different kinds of honey okay um but it's it's i think it's expensive yeah like you get some fancy kind of honey or like orange blossom honey or something like that it costs quite a bit so honey and water how much do you need to get mead right like how many pounds of honey would produce mead Oh man, you're making me remember this. We did this a long time ago. I was gonna say there's there's uh, calculators online that basically you put in what you're wanting start your starting gravity, how many what your production size is going to be, and it'll tell you how many pounds of certain types of honey you'll need. Um, it's honey is just like any other s- sugar in that, or any other like uh, syrup containing sugar. Like there's <clears throat> plenty of ratios online that show you how much sugar by volume uh, each and type. Do you, do you add any grain to mead? No, no, no. It's just honey, water, and yeast. Yep. Uh, yeah. So the big thing uh, about mead and Derek, if I'm speaking out of turn, let me know. But like uh, yeast health and yeast nutrient is really yeah, important. Yeah, you're, you're right. Exactly. Um, is that. really important in in making mead. Because uh, meat, honey has such a concentration of sugar, yeast will go crazy as soon as it starts you know, uh, in the presence of that, that uh, concentration of sugar. And when that happens, you do get ethanol and you do get like hot alcohol flavors. Brian. What? 
fucking show off. I'm not I'm, a show off. Yeah. It's the fucking information, man. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just, uh, dude, hey, hey, I'm a certified awesome. Cicerone now, asshole. So Good I can noted, fucking, yeah. I can do this. That's good shit. Yeah, you you need to make sure to have like yeast nutrient. Um, I think BJ BJ say SP. What's the what's the acronym, Brian? BJ BJCP. BJCP. Uh, I think on their website they actually have like a step by step to make your first mead that's moderately detailed. Yeah. So. And it's something that you don't have to have equipment to make, which is pretty cool. The barrier yeah, to entry. Oh boy. Yep. So. And you, there's people who do it in brew buckets too, so you don't even need to have glass. You Damn. just have to be patient. Shit. All right. Yeah. So watch your step, Frank, when you're shitting on mead, bro. Stepping into the mead yeah, zone. Yeah, you know, like I knew you had knowledge on mead, but I didn't know it was this deep and this wide. <laughs> well, it's the fucking it's the I basics of Grand Canyon, and you didn't even know you were stepping into a fucking pothole. You're in the mead zone, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, mead. Tastes like shit, but welcome, all right. Welcome to the mead trap. <laughs> my favorite. Thing. Oh, it is a it is a hangover on a bottle if you're not careful. It also tastes like cough syrup. So, <laughs> no. mead cider is good. Uh, I will give mead cider a shout out. I think there's a name for that. I don't know what the fuck it's. What the fuck is, it, it is. is it Kaiser? It is Kaiser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now there's a sizer that is. Uh, is that what it is? Is it C Y S E R? Is that what you're thinking of? Let me see. Yeah, uh, I used to have an app on my phone with the guidelines. So, uh, da, 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 da. I just know I had a mead cider. Yeah, and it, it was. It is a, it I, is a sizer. C y s e r. But it was that was very delicious. Uh, oh yeah. Some some of the meads that are more on the liqueur side of things. Uh, they also make a mellow mel, which is a fruit blended uh, mead. That is the tits. You know, we we should have a mead night on No Beer Left Behind because I feel like yeah. most of us have not delved into mead outside of probably Brian and Derek. But <laughs> I I have I tasted four meads out of the seven that they had available at the meadery, and it was the same brand, same meadery. I guess is it, it meadery and brewery? Meadery. Right? It's a meadery. Yeah. Meadery. Yeah. So. Had four of the seven. I liked one of them. The, the the one the guy goes, oh, this is going to be a lot like a Chardonnay. And I was oh, like, you can tell that guy to go fuck off. It was Chardonnay. <laughs> had a lot of sugar. It tasted like I don't know, fucking Cointreau, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> well, not that guy. Is. That guy went to wine school in Oklahoma. Where... <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about, Chardonnay? Oklahoma Chardonnay wine. It's like straight up honey sugar. Oklahoma wine, best blueberry wine I've ever had in the world is in Oklahoma. <laughs> oh God. Um, beyond that, needing to make wine out of a berry. Yeah, exactly. If it doesn't come from a berry, it doesn't. It's not wine in Oklahoma. Well, the label doesn't say Boone's Farm on it. Don't waste your time. <laughs> no, dude. These these people are working their dicks off making fruit wine in, in Oklahoma that is drinkable. Those poor souls. And then they're making. Then they make a quote-unquote Merlot, and I just want to slap every motherfucker in the tasting room. So I'm like, I don't know shit about this, but I know this isn't a fucking Merlot. Everybody get out. Everybody, We're, we're fucking putting our dukes up. Let's go outside. We're fighting right now. Every one of you. Yeah. <laughs> Did they have a vineyard in Oklahoma? A vineyard, Derek? They have a ton of vineyards in Oklahoma. Oh, Derek, wow. 
So when you get to the border of the Rio Grande Valley, on the south side towards Texas, some of the better white wine grapes. The Red River Valley? Yeah. You said Rio Grande. Grande. I'm sorry. The Red River. Talking about the caravan now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We need to get to that point here at those invaders. Um, The south side of of, of the Red River, there's a massive... Uh, kind of God, and I'm thinking of the Afrikaans word right now. Trailer park. Uh, no growth. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> vineyard. Yeah, the, a vineyard. But it, it, there. So, God oh, damn it! There's a word for it, and I cannot yeah, remember. say it in Afrikaans. Or on planting, but it's like on it's planting. like a, an on. It's like a an additional planting is what that means directly. But it's like. A planting of white wine grapes, Chenin Blancs, Sauvignon Blancs, um, Chardonnays, between the Oklahoma border, south all the way to, well, west all the way to Lubbock, south all the way to, what's that town your uncle lives in? Granberry? Yeah. Okay. South to about Granbury's line, that is a all the way line. to almost Fort Worth. Like that little square block wow. is that's like hill country white wine growth. How, how how is it? It's it's okay actually. To be honest, okay. like it depends on what you're trying to do, right? So if you're if you're growing a Sauvignon Blanc, that's pretty high uh, sugar yeah. content grape when you pick it. So it does fine. The drier varietals don't do that well. Hey, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, the Sauvignon Blanc in North Texas Hill Country, or what? Yeah, North Texas Hill Country, out by Munster, where you're describing. Uh, I the, the, some of the better better wines to drink out there are those. If if you're in North Texas, drink white wine. It's it, it's absolutely much better than any red wine they'll ever be able to produce out there. Um, is, it, is, it, is it similar to like New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc? Or? Oh no, so no, not as okay. flavorful. So Derek. I don't know how much you know about wine fermentation. Oh, this guy. I know a little bit. (laughs) Okay. So when it comes to Sauvignon Blanc and white wine specifically, right? Like a ton of flavors in red wine come from the skin. Right. Come from – so people will argue or argue against the fact that the earth adds flavor. Terroir. Terroir, Yeah. But I personally do believe that a Merlot grown in a certain region tastes. You can grow the same grape and it'll taste different. Um, because it, it might be climatological, it might be whatever, but there's definitely different elements involved um, that give it different flavors. But when it comes to white wine, white wine grapes, right? The green grapes that you see grown on the vine, they don't have a lot of flavor in and of themselves. Um, so the yeast adds a significant amount. The The reaction of the yeast with the sugars in the grape um, could alter the flavors in that wine. So in Sauvignon Blanc, there are two types of yeast being used worldwide. Both of those yeasts <coughs> originated in South Africa. The one yeast uh, at the Stellenbosch University Wine School, um, the one yeast is a natural Sauvignon Blanc yeast. So it gives it kind of the green pepper, earthy melon flavor. And then the other yeast is much more towards the citrus, grape, fruit, whatever, like they do in New Zealand. So oh, I always think like uh, almost like cat piss for New Zealand white wine. Yep. So, 
Uh, I mean, I mean, that's that's kind of like the I'm trying to think what the compound is. It's but the, uh, also also like green green pepper methoxypyrazine. Yeah, so methoxypyrazine is is much more South Africa Sauvignon Blanc than it is New Zealand. Okay, um, and it's 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 literally just a reaction that the yeast has with the sugar. <laughs> it's it, the yeast metabolize it, and then yeah. you have esters being formed. I, I know. So <laughs> when it comes down to it, fermentation, the yeast in in New Zealand Sauvignon Blancs fart out flavors that are different, mm. and the South African yeast is much more green pepper forward, and as such, um, actually happens to be much more attuned to what the grape tastes like when you just eat it. Um, so the natural flavors are much more similar to um, the Sauvignon Blanc produced in South Africa than in New Zealand. But it's neither here nor there. They're all good wines. North Texas has some very good white wines, depending on the vineyard that you go to. And some and great South fruit Texas. wines. <laughs> and then South Texas, um, they most of the time, if they have a white wine in Fredericksburg, it comes from the north. Um, their red wines are really good if they stick to Tempranillo to not... Um, their Merlots are kind of hit or miss. Really, Tempranillos. Their Tempranillos are very good their here. Spanish wines are fucking great down in Fredericksburg. You can get a Spanish wine in in this area. You're you're gonna do just fine. Tanat, very underrated wine, very fucking good. If you taste it right off the bottle, you're gonna hate it. Let it sit. <laughs> let it aerate. It will take about an hour to open up, but it's fucking amazing. Tanat is a great wine. Um. But yeah. I, I always forget to do that with, with wine. I, I, <laughs> just, I just drink it. Shove the straw in the bottle and go to town. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Wine's so good, it's hard not to. To not, I will tell you, Derek, if you have some time, find a to not. Uh, they definitely have some. In or California. tomorrow. Don't have to worry about to not. Eh. Yeah. Find some to not. <laughs> hey and if you can find some to not, it, like, try it right away. And then put a glass to the side. While you're drinking the other cannot, and wait an hour on that glass, it's much much better when you wait. Okay, like I'll, I'll, I'll actually have to try to do that. Cause like I said, I'm I'm pretty bad about that. I'll just open a bottle, pour, and drink. And Tanat's a very difficult grape to drink. I will be honest. Like if you can finish a bottle of Tanat without waiting, that's <laughs> that's impressive. It's like Barolo. Barolo is another grape that you can't just like fucking down. That shit is intense. <laughs> Like I've got one here that I've been cellaring for f- six years now. Oh wow, man! And it still won't be ready to drink for another five years. Is it from Do you the have shoots? it in like temperature controlled environment or? Yeah, it's it's at sixty five degrees. Got to turn it every thirty days, and I've got a timer on my phone. Um, it was a gift, and it's it was commitment. Yeah, well, so Barolo is one of those grapes that the winemaker tastes it and they go, okay, but they can't really taste anything because it all tastes like shit. Hmm. Then they do a chemical analysis That's how you on know it's it, good. And they figure out, okay, this is a sugar content, this is a pH, whatever. And they determine how long it's going to take for it to get to a stage that's drinkable. Um, and it's it ends up being like math. Um, yeah. So they literally tell you, yeah, it's 2012 Tanat or a 2012 Barolo. 
you're not going to drink that until 2022 at the earliest. <laughs> so question. Yeah. Why do they not just save those bottles, bottle the liquid as is, save them, and then sell them in 2021, 2022? Because you have 2011 to produce, my friend. You can't, you can't not sell your wine. So it How about is, make a wine that's worth drinking? Barolo is a shot-in-the-dark <laughs> wine. But if you own, no, I'm, I'm serious. If I you want a are. case of Barolo that is from a good vineyard in Italy, yeah. you will never pay Bordeaux prices because Bordeaux is ready to drink the moment it comes off the farm, right? Right. If you get Barolo and you buy a case, let's say, let's say for the whole case you pay 500 bucks, okay? And you wait 10 years on that case. Each one of those bottles could be three grand if it's a good season. Like it, it, it's one of those lottery ticket. No, lines. yeah. So that okay, you you hit on it. You bought scratchers. You bought an Italian bottle of scratchers. <laughs> Absolutely, it's a lottery ticket right. wine, and it's not going to be. It's not ever going to be bad. But if it's good, it's one of the best wines you'll ever have. Okay, like, that good. All right. I know. I know. For a while, people were investing like in wine as not not to drink, just as like an investment. Yep. And uh, it, didn't it almost bubble and like the bubble burst essentially? Yeah. So what what really ended up happening was the movie a lot of fake wine got into the Bordeaux futures market. So Bordeaux, oh, okay. before Bordeaux is even bottled, it's sold. So it's like you can go every every state, every major city has a wine store. In Austin, it's called the Austin <laughs> Wine Merchant. If you go to the Austin Wine Merchant, they will sell you Bordeaux Futures. And it literally will... You can contract a case, two cases, a whole barrel of Bordeaux. And it'll cost you two grand, three grand, five grand, whatever. If you purchase Bordeaux Futures, what ends up happening is you have to take delivery of the, that Bordeaux on the date that it comes to the U.S., they'll deliver it to your house. You may or may not be able to drink it at that time. Doesn't matter. Um, they've sold all of the Bordeaux produced by the time that they pick the grapes. So they're already going on to the next season's production as soon right. as they bottle. Yeah. So it's it's crazy. So so as as like you get closer to the optimum drinking time, the value of the wine essentially goes up. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you've got the right bottles, you could make some serious money. Now what happened in that market, to your point, the Chinese started producing fake. Oh, okay. And they, they bottled it. So there's no way to, to actually state that this is from Bordeaux. If the label looks the same, South Africa has a system in place. That's traceable online database controlled France does not. So when you buy a French wine, they don't even tell you the blend that's in the bottle. It just says Bordeaux. Bordeaux is not a grape. It's a region. It's like Appalachian day control. They have have that. So South Africa, which Derek, you'd be impressed by this. We have traceability down to the row in the vineyard per bottle. Holy smokes. So we collector got to get them all. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> ah, it's a Pokemon of wine. So, <laughs> so when you do uh, South African wines, they will tell you that this um, 
this vineyard produces wine in the method that is acceptable in this country, doesn't use any pesticides that's outside of our regulatory body, and we can trace it down to at least the block in the vineyard, and in a lot of cases, the actual row um, within that block that your wine came from. It's, it's fucking nuts. That's, that's, that is nuts. That's crazy. So, yeah. Wine, wine's a unique thing, right? Like, it's, it's one of those things that ends up being, um, it, it's, it's predictable, but it's not. And a lot of things like scotch has an ending. They understand exactly what's going on uh, when they produce it. In wine, if you're trying to force that, you're most likely using chemicals that you shouldn't be using to make wine. Um, well, because every year sugar content changes. The ability of the of, of, of the amount of rain that you get impacts it, like everything in the vineyard. So it it the amount of sun you get, the amount of heat you get. Right. That's why there's like good years and bad years. And the idea is the winemaker is supposed to be able to uh, uh, make a, at least a decent wine on a yep. on a bad year, right? And that's that. That is the reason that wine, to me, is it's a true art form. There's nothing like it outside of wine, uh, alcohol, liquors, beer, all that stuff is controlled. But man, well, like wine can't control the most important factor, and they try, but they can't. Well, so you end up you end up with this like shotgun approach that's very honed in but still can produce bad wine you should um you yeah. should listen to uh jeremy grinky from the brewery taru he came from the wine world he was a white wine producer in northern california and uh came to work for the brewery taru he has never brewed a batch of beer um but what he does is exactly what you're talking about frank which is taste the taste the product he knows what to put in the product to make it like to get the in flavor, and uh, he knows what the product will taste like, like in a year or at bottling, and that's what he does. And he's a, I mean that that's what really good beer makers, especially sour beer makers, do. That's why they come from the wine world. I was going to say a sour beer's production is kind kind of similar to wine after you oil you know you're you're putting it in a barrel and sitting and wait waiting so yeah and you're you're waiting on some really highly unpredictable organisms to go to work i just i i think in the in the realm of like production level um alcohol producers the winemaker has probably the most control over the product um the I think there's a shit ton of inputs that come in the other world of, of, of liquor and, and beer. Um, but that's uncontrolled. The winemaker most likely for a given estate is also the farmer. Um, they go out, they tell them, Hey, trim it higher, trim it lower. Like, Oh yeah. They well, understand um, their production from fucking soil to, to, to bottle. Well, you can, you can think of it as uh, different spirit product uh, producers as well. Uh, in America, it's not as uh, tightly controlled, but in Scotland, I mean, they fucking malt their own grain in-house to produce the flavors yeah, that they're going different. for. That's different. 
Well, you talk about control over the process. I mean, that's that's what well, I was talking about. They control the peat in that scenario, right? Like they don't control the grain. They understand the peat and but, where the peat comes from, and it's a lot of flavor. But no, but they produce. They 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 they're they're killing the grain. I mean, I. I I don't know, Derek. You worked in you worked at Great I, Western. I worked right? at, at Great Western. I mean, um, yeah. I mean, you have you have different types of, of malt you're making. So, yeah. Uh, and then the the brewer, you know, has a, he's not just using a single type of malt. Like, yeah, he's layering. Different, so there's there's control there. Uh, there is like some, there will be variability in what they do, but that they what they do is they blend. They'll blend the malt to meet certain specifications. But how uh, what is the specification based off of? Color, usually, right? Color, uh, I'm trying to remember. The color, sugar the, content, and... Uh, yeah. They, they, I can't remember what, what, what all, all of them were, but yeah, they, they have certain like specifications. I think friability might have been one of them. Yeah, I was going to say, it's, uh, it's water content, sugar content, and color are the ones that I know of. Um, and that's just because water content is how... like. If you're getting ripped off, essentially. Yeah, exactly. By weight, what are we looking at? Yeah. There's some malts that you know are going to have higher water content, but they're producing different things. They're not doing sugars. They may be producing more color or less color and more flavor. Yeah, right. the, they'll, they'll uh, generally they'll have like the uh, shaker, and they'll like uh, like a uh, they have it by size. They're they're the kernels. Yeah, the kernels, how how big they are, and like your 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 bigger ones are going to be going to like base malt, and then your smaller ones will they'll use to make like special caramel malt stuff yeah. like that. So. Got it. I fucking uh, malt kills me because it's used for so many different things that we all know and love, and people just overlook it. Great yeah. Western malt makes my favorite malt to brew with, my favorite malt to drink. Great Western Pale Ale malt is the tits. It is the fucking goddamn best malt on the market <laughs> i make a lot of it i they fucking i use every time i make my wit beer i use a shit ton of it you get it from uh <clears throat> excuse me do you get it from midwest brew supplies still no i've never no. i've never used midwest i, u- I used to use uh i used to use northern brewer and then i stopped doing them because they got bought and then i went with more beer and that's usually where i go for most of my stuff Wait, Northern is is that the one that's out of Minneapolis? That's the one out of Minneapolis that got bought by Anheuser Busch. Mm. So, are, are you ordering it online, or are you going to a store? Um, Derek, some things have changed. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> uh, listening, forty minutes in, let's give Derek some background here. So, Derek, not only did he go to college with us, um, but Derek also is the person who is responsible for uh, teaching me how to brew beer. So how to drink uh, vodka with Gatorade. No, I didn't learn that from him. I still have not learned how to do that. I learned it. I like that. Was how to I do that. Yeah, I used to be pretty good at that. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> he was a solid uh, two under par in that game. He was definitely a triple A ball player in that game. Um, no, but Derek taught me how to home uh, how to homebrew, and uh, we used to brew every. Like, we were talking about it before the cast. We used to brew every Tuesday. For like yeah. six months like, straight, almost. I want to say that was like your day off or something. Yeah, like we would. We both got into it, and, and it was cool. It's fun. Sometimes Derek would forget it in the closet. That that did happen. <laughs> Temperatures <laughs> legitimate. That did yeah, happen. That happen. Derek, I, I got I got better. Yeah, Derek got better. 
Derek and I have made some really good beer, and we have made some not-so-hot beer. Um, the first recipe I ever made was actually on Derek's system. It was remember that double IPA that we made that tri- yeah. the double decoction. Yeah, we did a double decoction double, for IPA. Double decoction. Do double. Why did we do that? <laughs> it was a double decoction continuously hopped. I remember we we did all this math and we did it wrong. We did it wrong and we ended up with like two and a half gallons of beer. And I remember Derek just going, "Fuck, fuck, fuck." <laughs> Then he's like, well, he drops the was, hydrometer in it, and he goes, "Holy fucking shit, we made a barley wine, dude! We made a barley wine." <laughs> and to this day, that beer was one of my favorite beers that I have ever fucking made. <laughs> it was actually really good. I was like, oh, it was, this turned out way better than I thought. Yeah, because I accidentally uh, overcalculated the amount of hops that I needed to use. Thankfully, that offset the amount of sugar that we had in that beer, and consequently, the amount of alcohol that was produced by that beer was like nine point eight percent. We had yeah. six. We yeah, had we're hitting six, close to ten. We had sixteen bottles of that beer. We worked our dicks off all day. Any brewer listening that's ever done a decoction, remember the first time you ever did a decoction? Well, think of two people putting their heads together and trying to do a decoction for the first time. It took us like seven hours. And I just remember, like, sitting there with a pot of porridge on the stovetop. We're sitting there stirring it. Yeah, we're doing it in an apartment, too. (laughs) It was so bad. Like, it was the worst-case scenario. Anyway, uh, so, yeah, Derek is the one responsible for for teaching me how to brew. And brew all grains straight out of the gate. Not not doing any extract bullshit. No, I remember when Derek (laughs) and you would sit discussing recipes and Derek had his notebook out like oh yeah no we're gonna do fucking 50 grams of this shit and 100 Dude, grams my notebook is right next to me right now like and divided by five square root of 10 it's literally my notebook is right here yeah uh, with all every single recipe that I've ever made and all my notes from each That's of those batches hilarious though like I remember I attended a Derek and Brian brew day <laughs> let me tell you the initial versions were mainly Derek and Brian got drunk and cooked something. Hey, we were cooking beer. Yeah, so let's be real. I think part of the reason these beers didn't always turn out was we were hammered. Yeah. <laughs> and, and brewing beer. Yeah, that did happen. Or brewing beer. Derek, I don't know how your life has changed in the past uh, three or four years, but um, I have not. Uh, I've started whenever I brew. I uh, I don't take a drink of beer until my wort hits my uh, chiller. Oh, wow. Okay. That's when I start drinking. Jerry's like, no, I'm still back at the fucking mash tun, man. It's yeah. just... <laughs> Dude, I remember... Like, I mean, so... We make good beers like that, though. We but did. I, to make really good beer, it wasn't like I was just drinking 12 of them and then doing it. It was more of like I have one or two and yeah. make sure that things, were, things went well. Derek, you remember that time? Were you there that day that I decided to make a triple? At my apartment, uh, did did the water come fall off the balcony or something? Yeah, that was every time that I brewed, I would pour the water <laughs> off the off the third floor balcony. I would pour hot. Uh, I would run my heat in my uh, transfer. Uh, I would run that uh, just off the balcony. It was about 110 degree water, just run down the vinyl siding. I didn't care. No, uh, it was the day that I decided because you remember we used to brew and, nightmare tenant. <clears throat> yeah, I was not good. Um, we used to brew and we were trying to hone in our styles. Do you remember those days yeah. when we yeah. pick a style 
and then we would buy a bunch of beers within that style to drink while we brewed. Well, brewed it, yeah. <laughs> and I fucked up, and I decided to make a triple. And for those who don't know, triples are uh, Belgian Golden Strong, uh, ABV anywhere between 8 and 12%, depending on American or Belgian, how fun people want to get with it. So, yeah, I drank uh, an Adelbert's triple, a, uh, a Boulevard Long Strange triple, and, like, a Devil's Backbone triple from Real Ale and something else. Anyway, I was basically incapacitated by about the time it came time to cool down the wort. And I just remember, like, being drunk off my ass. The 90-minute boil was up, and I could not get out of the house to turn the heat, the, the, the fire off. I just remember that that fucking wort set on the balcony for about two hours. Hot oh my shit. <laughs> I was like, I can't fucking... I am in no state to handle this equipment right now. Worst beer I ever made, but it had nothing to do with the long, long cool-down process. Uh, that was also... It was also the last time I ever brewed with tap water. Oh, okay. Yeah. It, I had... Uh, I made five and a half gallons of... Listerine original flavor at nine percent alcohol. Yeah, Barrett. your water your water is going to really affect your beer. We, we found that out too. Oh yeah, hey, remember the first time that we found out the temperature control had something to do with the beer? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> made a hefeweizen. and I was like, we just kept trying to figure out what the, what is this flavor that we're getting? What is this? There's something here. I don't know what it is. It's yeah. not entirely meant to be there. This is like 80 degrees when we were fermenting it. I don't know. Yeah. Do. You want to make a good half, you got to ferment it like 64. <laughs> and we were, yeah, yeah, about we're just 10, 15 over. It's all good. What, what's, what's 10, 15 degrees amongst friends? <laughs> so, Derek. Yeah. You just got back before, you know, going to be a doctor and all. Um, got back from Thailand. And right. There are many things that people hear about Thailand. Mainly, it's cheap as shit. Um, secondarily, it's beautiful. Um, yeah, tell us a little about. So, so, what did you do in Thailand? What were you doing there? And what was your favorite part of just being there? Um, yeah, so I, I went there. Yeah, it's cheap as shit. That's that's essentially why why I went. My brother uh, still lives there. He's lived there for three years. And he'd say, hey, come out, man, come out. And I, was like, I finally had like a time I could. Okay. And I was like, okay, I'll just go out for five months and then come, come to Davis afterwards. Uh, and beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's super beautiful. Uh, I was in Chiang Mai, uh, and that's pretty like Western friendly. And okay. as far as like apartment, I had a studio apartment. I paid 210 a month. Jesus. And That's they cleaned water they, prices. They, they cleaned it every week. What? No. And it was it was, it was furnished with a bed with sheets, towels, and stuff. God, it's um, a hotel it's a room hotel. for two hundred and dollars a month. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there wasn't like a kitchen, but there was a little like refrigerator I used. Um, in the hotel. Yeah, two ten a month. And then uh, the, my favorite part, probably the, the food. Uh, we, we would get. Like noodle, a bowl of just like fantastic noodles, and then fried chicken, and it'd be two dollars. Nice. What? Yeah, two two bucks. It was sixty baht, thirty for the the noodles, and then uh, thirty for the fried chicken. Wow. So what what does your brother do out there now? 
Uh, he teaches English. Okay. He's actually he's actually going to be coming back. He's wanting to because he he makes like enough money, but not uh, he can't yeah. like build up a savings. So he's coming back to uh, the states to like get a regular job and then save up for a few years till he can get like I don't know buy a house or whatever. And, and go uh, back there? yeah, go back. Yeah, his his oh. girlfriend's Thai. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, I, I, my my girlfriend's Thai too. So. Yeah, I know. I know that now. Um, <laughs> Are you going to go to Thailand too? Uh, I mean, I, I could go now, but I want to get a degree. So, <laughs> yeah, be a doc- uh, doctor in Thailand. But it's 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 a really cool place if you if you're wanting to travel and like the the toughest part is just the, the plane ride. Yeah, it's, you know it's it's my uh, trip back was like thirty six hours. Fuck. Oh, yeah, oh. I can't really sleep on a plane, so that's. That's that that's a, so. but once you're over there, I mean, if you want to spend a lot of money, you can. You can stay in like fancy hotels and go eat buffets and stuff and spend a bunch of money. But if you want to just kind of live cheap, kind of like a local, you can do that too. Yeah. No, and I mean, I I feel like so every year they come out with a where can you live well on Social Security index, right? Thailand for sure. And Thailand is always in there. Um, Costa Rica is always in there too. But it's it's it, uh, that always intrigues me because it means that if an American could live well there, I've I'm I'm an honorary American. I'll be okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Figure it out. I mean, I mean, honestly, you could probably like once you have a chunk of money saved up, retire a lot younger. Yeah, like, but I mean, if like, you- Weren't depending on social security. If you're paying two dollars for a meal, yeah, two dollars for a really good meal. Yeah, so you're dealing with like, okay, so you spend, let's say, generously, you're spending twenty dollars a day on eating out. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe feed Americans. Jesus Christ! That, yeah, I feel like no, but I mean, yeah. So if you budget twenty and you spend less, it's good, right? So you right. budget twenty, you're at three hundred seventy days a year. Right, three sixty-five. Three sixty-five, but yeah, yeah. But I'm saying like depending on holidays, leaper sometimes in the holidays, right? So you round up a little bit. So you're dealing with seventy-four hundred dollars of food, and you're eating out every day, and you're yeah. I didn't, I didn't cook. You're paying two hundred and ten dollars a month, right? right? So you're at twelve months. That's two grand. So you can eat and have a place to sleep that they change your sheets at, and you're at $9,000 a year. Yeah. That seems like a pretty good deal. I, I was living on $850 a month. Yeah. I oh, mean, god damn it. Fuck. Yeah. And you're probably living healthily. Like, just... Like, the food's, like, pretty healthy, too, so... Yeah. I mean, my, like, I spent money on beer. That was, like, my main... Yeah. And I probably <laughs> spent, like, two, $300 a month on beer. Yeah, because it's about it's about the same price there's. Okay. I say that it's you'll spend like two or three dollars at a bar for a beer, and then okay, a dollar and a half if you just buy it from the store. Yeah, it's not the same price then. It's two dollars. <laughs> yeah, Derek, you've been gone it's, from Dallas for too long, man. Uh, it's got well, like sixteen dollars, six dollars at a bar. Yeah, period. Yeah, I guess that's that's true. Last time it, I it know, depends I know. on the bar you go to too. That's true. Yeah. That's true. That's true. 
Yeah, damn. Okay, so yeah, so in no Thailand, beer left behinds going to Thailand. I mean, yeah, no beer left behind might be broadcasting live on site. <laughs> Fairly soon. That sounds amazing. To be honest, uh, Ch- Chiang Mai is where you want would want to go. Bangkok is like a giant city. It's like New York City. Yeah, just um, yeah it's just it's too, too too big for me. But Chiang Mai, you've got like plenty of Western stuff that you can do if you want to, and a lot of people speak English. So, okay, and I think there's like a whole expat community and stuff. So it's nice. Or digital nomads. Digital, That's what they call digital people, people that try to like work online and travel to digital yeah. nomads. <laughs> wow! Well, if you only make like nine hundred dollars a month, I'm fairly certain you can wing it. <laughs> like, yeah, no shit. What's going on here? Oh yeah, I just need to make like twenty dollars a day. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> need to do much more. Yeah, I mean, that's the they're trying to start online businesses, so it's like a cheap place to live while they get that going. Yeah, and that's fucking amazing. I I have a a friend that runs a so the Australians are addicted to online gambling, like <laughs> not just a little bit. That sounds racist if they weren't white. No, look. <laughs> They are addicted to a level that no one on earth really realizes. They they cannot help themselves. Okay. This is feels dirty yeah. already. Derek, I, I hope you feel it too. <laughs> That's the case. All right. All this guy did was set up a bunch of reference sites on Australian domains for people to gamble. And he has a monthly income stream. It it is MLM style, mm. but one person right like he references people back to a casino that's online and dude is like generating 40 grand a month in what would be illegal gambling uh money in the u.s but he's not in the u.s he's in south africa so it doesn't matter but yeah like a shit ton of money just off of the you know, like back in the day in web.com era, you could click on an ad and it would cost that person two cents to get the traffic. Yeah. Same thing, except this is continuous recurring revenue because they're saying, oh, okay, you're going to sign up because of this guy's reference code. So he gets 10% of all of your losses. Oh, my God. In perpetuity. <laughs> How did he pull that shit off? <laughs> That's the deal. You Everybody can sign up for it. If you can figure out a way to push people to these online casinos. <laughs> Fucking A. So wow. we we just need to meet more Australian people who have gambling addictions. <laughs> or, or online gambling in the U.S. needs to become a thing. Yeah, that's probably not going to happen because there's a lot of Christians here. And then you enter nobeerleftbehind.com as your reference code. <laughs> MBLB. And, reference code you know, Frank. No deal. We all have our own reference codes. Yeah. People pick and choose, but we all Tro- get paid. Troy like, like trailblazes it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, what happened? Oh, I got some free socks. Fuck you, man. God damn it, Troy. That still God pisses me off. That's hilarious. Yeah. Hey, uh, uh, what's what's Texas's status on on marijuana? Is it is it medical mm. there? No, not? fuck no. No, oh, medical's yeah. legal. Whatever. It's legal if you fucking know a guy. Dude, I'm a, I'm so scared of getting like even knowing people who have marijuana. It fucking terrifies. Oh me. yeah, well then stop talking to me. <laughs> oh shit, Frank's holding. Frank's holding. That's right. No, I whole like fucking. I, here's the deal. Derek, two ounces. Derek, uh, ten years ago, I made the statement 
that Oklahoma will legalize marijuana before Texas, and everybody laughed at me. Uh, he just keeps fucking going on. Everybody this shit. laughed at me, and then he just boom. does not have an endpoint with this fucking rubbing it in joke. No, it's not a rubbing it in joke. I'm pointing out the fact that I was right he ten just years ago. Not even imagine. It's a it's it's like a Barolo. My comment was like a Barolo. Okay, <laughs> I made it, and you got to wait for ten years to open it, and then when you open it, it's. Oh, let me tell you. So let me tell good. you, Brian. <laughs> you went full circle in the right way yeah you're welcome um that was interesting uh-huh you're welcome it's like a barolo it's not bad i mean it's good but it could be better but it's not that's bad. wonderful actually barolos are great anyway uh so derek to answer your question frowned upon not illegal frowned upon frowned upon okay because i've been i've been living in places where it's it's legal now yeah so and how's that how's life in the fucking free world in goddamn america it's, the way it was meant to be lived I, in no, nothing changed it's it's fine so except no. i guess you have less arrest yeah exactly you right. don't have cops harassing people who are just trying to get high as shit trying to Derek, are enjoy you, their day are you more of an edible guy or thc oil what have you become frank's more of a thc in uh, like the world if i do it I, I do edibles and i don't do it at night cuz i don't i don't know not like I'm gonna do it during the day. That's dumb. Weird. Yeah. yeah. Ruin the whole day. Yeah. You guys don't want to live, huh? I'm be I'm, honest. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna stick. Right now, so. Huh? I'm not on it right now. Oh. Yeah. Oh, we, we, we wouldn't know, think... would we? Yeah. Once you got a veteran in the house, it's not as though you'd be able to point him out. Oh, Jesus um, Christ! No, yeah, I, I don't be, do that, that much, but yeah. Uh, I'll be honest. I your edibles out there, they definitely have an impact. You guys don't fuck around. Uh, you gotta be careful because it takes time for that stuff to kick in. You do. So. Derek, you're telling me. Uh, Derek, have you listened to the episode where Frank <laughs> dosed himself? <Yes. laughs> <Wait>, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Derek, I, I, I ate uh, what ended up being 24 milligrams I think that's worth a of THC. For somebody uh, who doesn't... Uh, in yeah. one shot. So I didn't... I was like, oh, the first cookie at... ACL, where I also drank, didn't do anything, which obviously wasn't right. Um, <laughs> so I was like, "Let me, let me, let me double it." Oh, so I, I, yeah, and then I spent a reasonable amount. Well, I would call it reasonable. Most people would say, I don't know, the hours of four to eleven p.m. Um, are unreasonable. But yeah, no, uh, staring at the ceiling, just waiting for it to stop. <laughs> It was that too seems, much. Seems about the right amount of time. Four to eleven. Uh, you, you you can OD on THC. It's not going to be deathly, but you, know, you just don't feel good. Like you just want to go to sleep and it to go away. And you hear, oh my god, everything. Oh my god. Like literally, yeah, the fan is moving, and you're like, oh, that's a motor. I can hear like, the, I can hear the, the brushes in the electric motor. Yeah, hearing. you're like, oh, that's electric too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's making contact with the terminals. There's oh. no oil in that motor. <laughs> Otherwise, I wouldn't hear it like that. Where, where'd you do this at? No, in, in, in my fucking house. <laughs> oh, okay. okay, at least you're at home, man. 
Like, if you're out... And, oh, you know, God. Yeah, no. If I was out, yeah. I would be like, I'm Ubering, and I'm just going to tell the man, I am tripping. Just fucking get me home. Dinner in <laughs> like, a barn with a lot of old farming equipment. You know, yeah. Real <laughs> safe. What's this? Is this a hacksaw? That's a hacksaw. Is this a hacksaw? That's a hacksaw. Is this a hacksaw? That's a hacksaw. Did I just ask about the hacksaw? That's a hacksaw. This is a scythe. <laughs> Holy shit. I am death. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's how it goes, right? Like... I was telling Brian, you start life is like a comedy. Uh, no, nope, yes, but oh, not that as well. So I shouldn't be thinking about that anymore, but I am. Yeah, it's a mess. Uh, Frank, uh, can I ask you this? Did you have the inclination to do like certain activities while you were high? No, you didn't. You didn't feel motivated to do something. Now, let me tell you, I, when I did Adderall one time, uh-huh. only one time, yeah, I cleaned every crevice of my room. Uh-huh. Um, when I did THC and overdose. Okay, you didn't overdose. <laughs> Stop saying you overdosed. Did, did it have any uh, CBD in it? Uh, no. So this no? one did not. Okay. The this one that I... kind of regulates your... Your trip essentially it does and the one that i had that i was smoking at acl did and it was like real calming and it was fun but it was only 10 milligrams and i was right. like okay <laughs> apparently this one did not have cbd in it <laughs> and then when you double that it's like driving a stick shift you know yeah you drop that clutch yeah. and so you know it's every once in a while you're like races. oh okay maybe you can't do 10 vodka shots in a row Oh, you can. Um, I saw Derek do it one time. He, he did. <laughs> Many times. Um, yeah, it's possible. I've seen a person walk after that. Yeah. Not for long, though. Not, and Not I long. also didn't do it myself. I've seen someone pass out next to a pool table after that. Lock himself out of his own room after oh, doing that. <laughs> but I've never seen that happen with THC. So <clears throat> I, yeah. It just life is just a comic strip. It just is what it is. It was fucking weird, and I don't know. I'll stay away from edibles until I can like actually do the microdosing. The mm. the vape pen is much easier mm. because sounds like you want it, to be a quitter. It's quicker. I, nah, like I really think it's it'll have medical applications. I mean, it does have medical applications, but like yeah, limited right now by federal law. So. You have super high anxiety. Do you think that would help me? Absolutely, I yeah. fucking love no that. Doubt. That'd be great. It, it 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 only makes it worse if you do too much of it. Yeah, I'll ride that fucking fine line as it is. <laughs> but then fine. you sit there and you're like, oh, okay, I can Google it. And then on Google they go walk back. I literally googled. <laughs> I was like, how long does or how much is too much uh, too much THC? And then there's a guide, and they're like, oh, twenty milligrams is like smoking two joints on your own. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Holy shit, Frank. Uh, it was fucking high, bro. <laughs> I was, like, I was yeah, I thought, hearing. I thought the like five milligrams is like supposed to be one, one yeah, dose. Yeah. Yeah. So so a, a joint. So for one person, it's between five and ten milligrams. Because a joint split between two people is about you know, the way like that our ancestors 12 did to 15 milligrams. Okay. And then two joints is upwards of obviously like 24 to 30. The two cookies that I had, each cookie was 12. So they were like, yeah, you're right at like two joints of marijuana. 
And I was like, okay, I've never smoked half a joint myself. This is bad. Like <laughs> this, this is not going to end well. Um, and it it didn't. I I texted my wife and told her, "Hun, I made a mistake." And that's obviously like, okay, you intentionally ate two cookies. The mistake was not knowing how much was in the cookie or understanding what was in it. It's not that you ate the cookies. The cookies were intentional. I was going to get high. But then I got too high, and I made a mistake, right? So it was like, I made a mistake. I ate two of John's cookies and got too high. So when, when you get home, I'm going to be in the bedroom with the lights off. Trying to make Don't sure the house doesn't on. run away. I'm going to wait for this high to go away. That's what I texted. Okay. <laughs> and it yeah, it ended exactly as though it it should have. I uh I stayed in the bedroom. It was trivia night, so my wife went to trivia <laughs> and I was at the house waiting to get unhigh. <laughs> Cause that trivia I would have just been like, fuck this, I don't want to be here right now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was a disaster. I'll be honest; it was not good. It was just one of those things. Oh so. my god! Uh, I wish yeah. I'd been. Sorry, there. we didn't need to revisit that story. <laughs> oh, we kind of did, though, huh? Yeah, we we all enjoyed to. it. We all enjoyed it. Well, um, Derek, we're we're coming to the end of our last call episode. Um, I've had a blast catching up with you. Uh, is there is there anything that you would like to share, either um, experiences that you've had listening to No Beer Left Behind in your travels? Because uh, I know we, we keep you company. Um, <laughs> you yeah, I, I was going to say, like, what a pretentious question. It is. <laughs> it's, uh, I've been watching, I've been listening to a lot of NPR, and I assume this is how all interviews are done. Do you, do you always send emails to uh, Isra or whatever the guy's name is? <laughs> Isra, yeah, I don't listen to fucking NPR. NPR guy. I don't listen to NPR. I was kidding. Uh, Pretentious assholes. Um, it would have been better if you did. <laughs> anyway, actually. no, I was gonna, I was going to ask: Is there anything that you've taken away from our episodes, or uh, anything uh, in general that you would like to leave our audience with? Well, uh, like when I was traveling, uh, it, it was kind of interesting hearing like what was going on, but like in in the like I didn't get the U.S. I mean, I got the U.S. news, but not like opinions of us people i just saw what was on like yahoo or whatever so it was interesting to hear from you guys about the political stuff really well that's and, and about the beer the good beers i wasn't getting to drink okay. <laughs> the craft beer in thailand it's not not really not not, so not seen quite yet yeah not seen quite yet <laughs> is, is it more like uh drinking on the balcony in uh, bishop arts uh the stuff uh, that we were making there or is it less than that it's it's they tax it really heavily so oh, okay. if i wanted one it was like eight dollars for a craft beer and i had one just to try it it was it was good but uh i had a, i had a really good uh beer in burma there was a, a craft brewery in burma that i went to uh in yangoon huh. and i was just like wow this is fantastic because i hadn't had any craft beer yeah in, you know months and months so. like flavorful other than uh yeah other than like a adjunct you know, lager. lager yeah yeah that's it. So, but uh, yeah, this has been awesome, man. I'm I'm glad you guys had me on. And say I'll come back if you want me to. Oh hell yeah, Derek, you have a mic, dude. You're a co-host now. Yeah, this is just how it works. That's how it works. Okay, yeah. that's how it works. You're invited back anytime that you can make the time difference work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that is. 
little, little trouble. Yeah. But seven, seven. I normally get home about seven by seven. So. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, basically, I was having to do the math earlier today. I'm like, well, let's see. We usually cast about nine. What is that? Thursday in California? I don't know. I don't. Even, I don't know what the fucking time difference is. I think it's two hours, but it might as well be three days. Who knows? I was afraid Derek was going to be like, yeah, I, 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 I'm at work then. I don't know. I fucking, I have a life. That's the normal time that I eat dinner because I'm a normal human being. So yeah, anytime that you're available, Derek, you are more than welcome to, uh, to join us back here on the cast. Okay. Cool. We've loved having um, you on and, uh, love catching up with you, man. Yeah. It's, it's been, been great, man. Um, I guess, have a, have a good one, and I'll, I'll be on next cast if I can make it. Hell yeah. That's what we like to hear here at Nobody Left Behind. And uh, and we'd like to hear from uh, our listeners every now and then as well. Um, be sure to reach out to us over on Instagram and Twitter, at Cast at both of those places. Um, you can also feel free to uh, email us, drop us a line over there at NoBeerLeftBehindCast at gmail.com. It'll get checked, I promise you. It, it goes to my phone, and uh, and for for I, I can vouch that at least I'll fucking look at the email. Anyway, uh, it's been good. It's been fun. I uh, hope you enjoyed this double double cast week that we're bringing to your asses. After our little layoff, it's good to uh, knock the dust off and and get back in the grind. We'll get hard riding the paint. There it is. Anyway, uh, for Brian here in North Texas, until next time, I'm out. Yeah, so has anybody noticed how Canada has a real infatuation with the fucking British? Right? Like New Brunswick, New Glasgow. Don't they, aren't they still under British rule? I don't even, there is New Glasgow, it's in fucking Nova Scotia, I don't even understand it. It's fucking weird. Prince Edward Island. Like, fucking just, you know, just let go. Let go. D- D- Queen Elizabeth can't enforce her rule anymore, people. Just move on, right? You don't need to be part of it. You're not even going to Brexit yourself, right? They did it for you. Like, let's move on here. For Frank, in far, far, far southeast, not New Brunswick, but Bangor, or Banger, Maine, I'm out. 